Welcome to the English with Kirsty podcast from www.englishwithkirsty.com. Here I'll be sharing with you tips, information and other learning resources so that you can improve your business English. Welcome to the English with Kirsty podcast and I'm hoping that I can get this podcast recorded before the next thunder comes because we've been having a real heat wave here in the UK at the moment and now we've got thunder and rain so I think it's finished but if you hear a really loud thunderclap then that means it wasn't finished. So um, today I'm talking about something that often comes up um, in teachers talk about it, some language schools have different ideas about it um, and it's something I wanted to touch on today and it's about whether you should speak more than one language in an English class. So if you're looking for training, is it good to have somebody who also speaks your native language as well? Um, so for I think there's no definitive answer to this. I think there are different reasons why people do different things, but I just wanted to talk about what I do at English with Kirsty and to give you some things to think about if you're looking for language training or if you're a teacher who gives language training. So if you are a teacher, um, just wanted to mention my book, which came out this year. Um, there's a link on the show notes page to the book. Um, and there's a lot more in there about um, teaching English and how I do things at English with Kirsty, and there may be some tips and useful things in there that you would enjoy. If you are learning English, then this may help you to um, to think about what you are looking for in training, in a teacher, that kind of thing. So if you want to um, find anything that I'm talking about today on the show notes page, whether it is information about lessons, information about the book, or um, um, you want to contact me for some reason, then you can either email kirsty at englishwithkirsty.com or also podcast at englishwithkirsty.com, both of those work. Um, or you can go to englishwithkirsty.com slash podcast slash episode 141. So um, the way I do things in my lessons, obviously the only time I can speak a student's native language is when we speak the same language. So um, for my German students, if they want to, we do have the option of speaking German in lessons. Um, but when I think about some of my other um, students, um, for example, um, Russian students who don't speak um, who only speak Russian and English, I can't speak to them in any other language apart from English because I don't speak Russian. Um, if they speak another language like German, as a couple of my Russian students do, then that's fine, we can use German as well. But generally, um, I only speak um, English in lessons where I, the, where I don't speak the other person's native language. However, a lot of my business comes from German speaking countries. So if people want to, then they do have the option of speaking German as well. And I want to look at why that can be useful and, and when it can be a problem. So um, certainly if you've got a bigger group, then it's not really fair if you're able to give some students help and, and not others. So I can understand if you have a big group of people from all over the world, you would want to just use English as a main language for communication. Um, I don't generally do that. I generally work with either very small groups or one-to-one -one learners, one-to-one -one students. So that's not something that I really need to think about. Um, 
when I think about when I started to learn a language, when I started learning Turkish, it was really good for me that my Turkish teacher spoke English, because I think at the very beginning, it's really hard if you are trying to get to grips with the grammar structure of a language or how the language works. And you can only do that in the new language, which you don't speak. So I know some people rely a lot more heavily on um, pictures and things like that. I don't. So when I'm teaching complete beginners, then I do ask. Well, I, I only work with people who speak German as well so that I can actually explain what we're doing and why we're doing it, because I don't want people just to learn. This is how we do it. I want people to understand what they're doing so that they'll be able to make good decisions when they are putting together their own sentences. So um, I've got eight things to talk about, um, six positive things and two things that can be more of an issue and that you have to watch. So in terms of the positive things, because I, I do think that if done right, the positives can outweigh the negatives. Um, setting goals, managing expectations, organizing things. Um, if, if somebody isn't able to do that in English, if then, you know, as a teacher who isn't working for language school, I need to know that um, arrangements are being made and that everyone understands where they're supposed to be and how much they're supposed to pay and when that needs to happen and all this kind of thing. Um, for my intermediate advanced students, it doesn't matter. We can do it in English. But for beginners, then it's helpful to have these conversations um, in German sometimes, especially if that something isn't clear or something hasn't been understood. It's not dependent on the learner being able to speak enough English to do that. So yeah, I, I totally organize things in German sometimes because it's easier for everyone and it makes sure that the lessons run smoothly when we actually get there, that everything's set up properly. And also in terms of what people want to learn, I think it's nice if maybe people can't explain how they feel in certain situations, which things cause them the most problems. I think these initial discussions talking about what people want to get out of the training, what they want to learn, then that's often good to have in German as well, if so that people can really express themselves. I really understand what the problem is and then can go about fixing it and setting a learning plan to fix it. Um, number two, I've touched on this already, but beginners, if you are a beginner learning a new language, then it really helps if somebody is able to communicate with you in a way that you understand and to explain what we're doing, why we're doing it, how the structures are different, um, to give you vocabulary, maybe in, in two languages, so you can have a list of, of the new words, but also what that means in your, your own native language. I think it's really good, and I know the beginners that I have um, do appreciate the fact that I can speak German as well. And obviously, as a learner develops, the amount of support you need to give them this way will decrease. I mean, my ultimate goal is to speak as much English as possible in the lessons. Um, some people, I, I never speak any German, and that's that's what we're aiming for. But I think if you're teaching a range of people from complete beginners to advanced learners, then it's good if you can give the beginners a bit more support. Number three, um, saying what you mean. Sometimes it's just quicker. If, if somebody's going to look something up in the dictionary anyway, then if, if I know the answer, then they, they don't have to do that. And I don't think that's encouraging people to be lazy. It's just saving time because generally I do encourage people to say, OK, well, you don't know that word. You don't know how to say that. So how else could you say it? How can you describe the thing? How can you describe what you did? So it's always good to have other words that you're looking for um, to explain the words that you don't know. Um, but sometimes if that doesn't work, then then we do have the option of, of falling back and, and me giving the translation, writing it down, putting it on the word list and then, OK, I help finding it. But the student still needs to learn it if they want to use it again.
number four, explaining grammar or correcting mistakes. Um, I, I do have students coming to me because their company has paid for an expensive language course and the teacher only speaks English, generally works from a grammar book and doesn't know how to explain the grammar that they're trying to teach. That you know, That's happened on more than one occasion. Um, and sometimes I think it does help if you can, if I can just explain the rule or what's happening in German and then we do the exercises in English. Um, I really want people to understand what they're doing in my lessons. So it's okay if we, if we have a, a quick talk about it in German and then go back into English. You don't necessarily need to understand the grammar in English as long as you understand the English grammar. So yeah, that's something I do. And sometimes when people, if, if people don't understand something, they don't know how to explain what they don't understand in English. So they just say that they did understand it and that everything's fine. And then you find out it's not when they are unable to do the exercise. So I think, again, this is more for, for the beginners and intermediate learners. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with if if you have a teacher who can speak your native language and trying to when it's about what you haven't understood or some feedback about how you can improve. And sometimes it can be beneficial to do that in a language that isn't that isn't English, if that's possible. Um, I think the same applies when people don't understand what they've done wrong. Um, and sometimes you can you can underline what's wrong and, and then explain how it should be. But if somebody doesn't understand the underlying point, like a grammar point or a difference between the two languages, um, that's another thing. If you if you speak the student's language like I do with my German learners, then I can understand why they think in a certain way or why something is particularly difficult because there is this big difference between English and German in that particular point. I can't do that um, with, for example, my my Portuguese speaker um, learner. I, I don't actually know how the, the language works and that's okay if, if you've got somebody who's advanced enough in English to understand the, the corrections and explanations in English. But again, if you've got a beginner, a lower intermediate learner, then there's nothing wrong with that because my aim is for people to understand what they're doing and to create good sentences in English. And how we get there depends, you know, from student to student. Number five, um, we do some multilingual tasks, which I wouldn't be able to do if I didn't speak German. So this isn't something I do with any of my other speakers, but the German speakers, they can do translation exercises, either into English or out of English. So we're looking at not just word for word translation, but how do you get this idea across in English? Or how do you get this idea from English into your native language? And that can be a really good way to work on your vocabulary and also the way that you express yourself. Um, and another thing that I do, particularly with listening, because I think a lot of um, listening is tested by what you can write in English. Whereas I, I like to separate those things out because listening and writing are not the same thing. So um, if I want to find out what somebody's understood from a listening passage or a listening, like a sound clip, then sometimes I do say to them, okay, tell me in German what you understood there because I'm interested in what knowledge they've taken from it and not just how well they can tell me that information in English as a summary, because I think that's two separate skills. Summarizing, creating your own sentences is, is one skill. Um, explaining to someone what you've understood in your own language when you've been listening to something in another language is, is a different skill. And so sometimes I like to break those up as well. 
Um, and and finally, checking that somebody has really understood something. If I if I say, okay, well, tell me that back then. What what have you understood? How would you explain this to someone else? We can do this in English. We can also do this in in the native language. If if I really want to just check the understanding and not how well the idea can be communicated in English, because communicating ideas in English again is is another skill. I would say. Um, and again, I do allow people to to make use of this. I don't really have a problem with people overusing the the other language um, because it naturally drops off. The, the more experienced they are, the more advanced they are, the less they do it. Um, if somebody wasn't doing that, I, I might remind them or, or ask a question in English, but it's not really a problem that I have in my lessons, although I can understand it would be for, for other people in different situations. Um, and just moving on to that now, relying too much on the other languages, number point, point number seven. Um, uh, yeah, some people will do it. I mean, the people that I am working with are generally quite motivated. They want to learn. They are paying me so they can learn. Um, and th I think that's different than if, you know, like if maybe a parent is paying and the child knows they have to be there, but doesn't really want to be there um, or a company is paying and, and people don't really want to be there. They don't have that same level of motivation. Um, and therefore, sometimes people can, in those situations, rely too much on, on the other language. If they can get away with speaking less English, they might. Um, in bigger groups, maybe. Um, so it's, it's something that you need to, to watch and to make sure it doesn't happen if you're a teacher and also if you're a learner, something you need to try not to do because, you know, you're you won't benefit if you're paying for a lesson and chatting to the teacher the whole time um, in another language, then you're you're paying for their time and you're not getting the best out of the experience. So um, it's not really an issue that I have, but if it, it's something that I can see coming up and if it's not managed well, it can become a problem. And the final thing is that it does allow you to take the easy way out, you as a, a student. Um, and I think that's something to definitely think about. I remember in my German, um, when I did A-levels for German, we had two teachers and one did insist on speaking German a lot more than the other one did. Um, and she generally got better language out of me because I had to, had to really, I, I knew that the answer had to be in English. So with some people, you know, it's, it's really good to, to encourage people to do as much as they can in English and I certainly don't want people thinking that because I can speak German it's a reason not to work hard because it, it really isn't um, and I think back to my very first conversations with German speakers one of the first people that I spoke to in the real world that wasn't part of the education system was um, somebody who hadn't done any English at school or, or very little English at school and she didn't speak English so I really had to work hard and speak German even if I wasn't sure about the sentence, I had to, to make an attempt at it because I knew that she wouldn't understand it in English. And I think that's a really good thing to, to bear in mind if you can find language partners who, you know, will, will stretch your knowledge like that. That's a good thing um, because it is tempting to take the easy way out and to communicate in the language that's easiest to communicate in. So um, that's just one thing that, you know, if, if you're working with a teacher who doesn't speak your native language, you can't do that. You have to try and everything you, you want to say, you have to try and say in English. So there are times when that's good. Um, 
I think it's particularly good for, for conversations and for working with people to develop your speaking and listening skills. I'm not sure that it's essential for a teacher, but it's, it's definitely doable because, as I've said, I do have learners and I don't speak their native language and that's perfectly fine. So I'm not saying that you have to speak, have to be working with a teacher who also speaks your native language, but I just wanted to highlight some of the areas in which it can be helpful. And if you want to find out any more about my lessons, you can do that. You can... Um, have a look at the show notes page which is englishwithkirsty.com slash podcast slash episode 141 um, and then next week we'll be going back onto some more um, some more tips some more information for people who are specifically learning English this is a bit of a different episode um, talking about the way that people learn and so after that we're going to move back onto some either some tips or some some more information about better communication. So have a good week and have fun learning English. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the English with Kirsty podcast. If you have any questions or comments, my email address is kirsty at englishwithkirsty.com or you can go to www.englishwithkirsty.com slash podcast where you'll find information about the individual episodes.